Most people claim that prayer is helpful, but our commitment to it says something different. Everyone is busy, but we always find time for what is most important, so if you value prayer enough, you will prioritize time to talk with God regularly. It's time to go the second mile in making the time to pray. Hey, this is Travis Agnew. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 541, where he says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go the second mile. That just means going all in as it comes to following Christ. And so today, I want to talk to you about how to uh, maybe increase or uh, just create some extra value, some improvement, and something that is supposed to be essential into our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ, and that is our prayer life. Uh, the reality is, is that so many of of us will say, yes, of course, prayer is important. But if you look at our habits, if you look at our practice, if you look at our track records, you will notice this, that uh, maybe you might say it this way, like, why do I have such a poor prayer life? Like, I, I know it should be better. And in fact, uh, many of us would even say, like, it's not that I uh, don't agree or don't believe that prayer actually works, because probably a lot of you that are listening to this right now would say, we all have stories of answered prayers. There's been different points in your life where you have have prayed for something or somebody prayed something for you and God showed up very clearly, very strongly. There was no denying that God stepped up in a certain situation. And so we, we all have these stories of answered prayers. So I believe that what, 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 why does it come down to that we have poor prayer lives? I believe that prayer doesn't need more proof. It just needs more practice. Uh, most of us listening to this, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you read the Bible, you see what prayer does. You've, you've looked throughout the pages of history, you know what prayer does. You even look back through your uh, your walk and the things that times that God have shown up in major ways in prayer life. Um, you, prayer doesn't need more proof. It's got plenty of proof. What it needs is more practice. But some reason for all of us who have read all that God has done through prayer, we've seen it firsthand, we've heard the stories why do we still have like prayer lives that just stink? Like, why are they inconsistent? Why are they lacking vibrancy? Uh, why do we feel like we cannot engage in this? And so I'm just going to walk through to try to help encourage us on maybe what are some of the ways that we can resolve to make prayer more important. And in the following weeks, I want to get some very practical tips uh, for your prayer life. And so if you're like me, that you go, yes, I pray, but I wish it was more sincere. I wish it was more regular. Um, I wish maybe it was a little bit more um, dedicated, then what I want to do is uh, walk with me through the pages of Scripture and let's learn together what does it mean to develop a heart of prayer that could change our entire lives as we follow Him. So if we think through uh, what would be the reason to pray, a lot of times we can get the the very beginning thing in the wrong spot. And, and the reason why I say that is so much of uh, me serving and trying to follow Jesus and to pastor people who are trying to do the same thing, so often I find some of the things that we do, like prayer or like Bible reading or like church attendance or like giving or like serving, we feel like we're doing these things to try to earn something from God rather than we do these things because we already have received God's love. So when you pray, it's not to earn God's love. You're praying because you already have it. And that does, at least for me practically, help me get my head around um, why 
I need to pray more often. And and so when I think about it, Ephesians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul is telling the Ephesians church, reminding them who they are uh, in Christ and the blessings that they have as they follow him. And in chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, he writes this way, I pray that Jesus, he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit, and that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love. I love Paul's prayer here for this church because he's very clearly that he's praying that God would grant something to this church. He's praying that God would would allow these believers to possess something that he believes was very pivotal for their walk with Christ. And it says, it's, I'm praying he's going to grant you, according to his riches and glory, that you be strengthened, right? You're strengthened with power and the inner man through his spirit. So his spirit's coming in and strengthening you. And that Jesus, the Messiah, he's dwelling in your hearts through faith. He goes, okay, I'm praying. And then this, this in verse 17, he says, that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love. So, so this is what uh, I want to, to get to. Paul's prayer is that God's love would so be rooted in our lives and firmly establish us that it's not the fear of God, the awe of God. It really comes down to this aspect because I'm praying that the love of God would so ground you that it would change who you are on the inside. You'd be able to comprehend his love for us as the saints, what's the height, the width, the depth, all those things to say, if you could just get this, that God really loves you this much, it would change the way that you pray. And I think while there's going to be some practical tips that we get into um, in, in the weeks to come, I, I want to make sure you understand this. My prayer life is is truly contingent upon how much I believe that, that person loves me that I'm going to talk to in any relationship in life, right? This, this takes place. But you will find yourself gravitating towards people who affirm you, who encourage you, um, who position you into good situations, right? And you typically avoid anybody who's always on your case. You avoid people talking to somebody if they're going to rub your nose and, and your mistakes and all this. You, you find those relationships where you know are safe and secure and you gravitate towards. And then you avoid other ones. And I think deep down at the heart, some of us, we ignore prayer, we neglect prayer, we we don't highlight it, prioritize it the way that we should, because deep down, we believe that God's still angry at us. And while I can give you a ton of tips on how to make your prayer life better, if you don't start from the least the, the mindset that the almighty, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God desires to um, be your father, and he desires to have a relationship with you. And he's not burdened when you have burdens that you bring to him. He's not annoyed every time that you call on his name in a quick moment on the regular routines. He, If you can get that mindset, like I'm not a burden to him, then it truly could change your prayer life. And I'm afraid that maybe some of you don't pray because you feel like if you go into a conversation, he's just going to remind you of all the things you haven't done or you'll remind yourself. And that's not the view of the God who loves us. I can remember one day um, that I was at the house 
um, and I was busy with a lot of projects at the house and other things that were going on. And I, and I remember that later on that afternoon, I, I see one of my kids struggling with something in the house. And I said, hey, do you need help with that? And they go, no, it's okay. I said, no, it looks, you know, I'm sitting here thinking like you look like you're really struggling. Is there something that I can do? And then my child said, I didn't want to bother you because you look really busy. And while I appreciate them being, um, you know, sincere and cautious and not trying to annoy, it also broke my heart a little bit because I never wanted them to think that they were a burden to me. Uh, to come and interrupt me would never be a problem, especially if it's a need of theirs. And why is that? Well, because I'm their dad. And so deep down, like I want them to know that, yeah, okay, if I'm doing something and it's something ridiculous, like you, okay, there may be a time to wait if you see me. But at the very heart, like I never want them to feel like I can't approach my dad. And so I remember saying like, hey, if you ever need anything, it's okay. And if I tell you I can't do it right now, or if I have to say, hey, give me a few minutes, whatever, like that's fine. But like, I want you to always know you come to your dad uh, and, and I'm going to be listening. I'm going to be eager to hear what you you have and you're not an annoyance to me. And while I do that on one end because I want to be a good dad and I don't want them growing up thinking like they have a big grump for the guy who lives in the house, right? But also I know this, that with the fact that they call me dad and when they hear me pray around the table that I say, Father, that I know that my um, interaction with them says something good, uh, bad, or indifferent about how they should view their heavenly father by the way they interact with their earthly father. And so if I'm always this, uh, you're annoying to me, you're frustrating me, you're in the way, then I'm worried they may think that about God. And here's what I can see from the scripture passage, right? He says, I'm, I'm praying that you would be strengthened with power, like literally undergirded, right? Established with who you are uh, and, and you don't have to worry about trying to become. Why? Because God loves you. God's for you. God knows everything about you, and he cares for you. Like, that's what Paul was saying. If he was praying for these believers, he wanted them to be established in that. And this is why I think it's so important that you may not able to find time for prayer, or you may find uh, difficulty focusing on prayer, and I get all that. But I think some people, they don't pray because they believe that God is frustrated with them, that he is put out with them. He's kind of exhausted by them. And for them just to pick up the phone or for them to call out and say, can you help me? He's going to be rolling his eyes. He's going to be oh, huffing and puffing and just not you again. And that's not it. I think we have to come back to this point that maybe um, our lack of time in prayer, our lack of time in scripture, it comes down to this fact. Um, we don't believe what the Bible says about how God uh, views us. Deep down, I have to understand this. I'm going to speak more to someone who I know uh, knows everything about me and still is um, radically like obsessed with loving me, right? And this is the picture that we find of God in Scripture, that if we have to be prayed for today, it's this, that we would be rooted and firmly established in His love that we would be able to comprehend something that our finite minds has a hard time of comprehending. That is how long and how wide and how high and how deep he loves us because I don't think we truly get it. But I believe if we actually do get it, it's going to change the way that we pray. We're going to want to pray more. We're going to know more about his heart and that when we do ask the things, we know where his desire is. But if you believe that God is frustrated with you, upset with you, put off by you, you're not going to want to pray, and you're probably not going to pray honestly. This week, I encourage you to consider how much God loves you and pray as a result of knowing that truth. 
I hope to see you on the second mile.